Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast of ideas. I'm Adam Rawcliffe. I'm joined by two of my colleagues at the Academy of Ideas, Robert Lyons and Jeff Kidder. Uh, As you may be aware, uh, the World Cup starts today in Russia. Uh, So over the next month, uh, on a weekly basis, we're going to be bringing you a special podcast of ideas uh, focusing on everything football, both politically controversial and on the pitch. Uh, The big news yesterday uh, came when uh, Spain fired their manager, uh, Hulen Lopetelli, been practising how to pronounce that all day, Uh, just just a day before the uh, tournament started, with them facing their toughest group match against Portugal on Friday. Obviously pretty controversial move. Guys, who has some thoughts? Uh, well, I thought it was absolutely bonkers when they announced it. I mean, as more details have come out, the fact that he'd signed a contract uh, only a few weeks ago uh, and that uh, the, the Spanish FA hadn't been kept in the loop at all. In fact, fact the president said he'd found out five minutes before the announcement by Real Madrid that he'd been given the job. Uh, I can see why they were peeved. Whether, but even so, disrupting things at this late stage uh, for your once every four years major tournament does seem a little strange uh, and it's, it seems more like it's got to do with internal politics and Spanish football more than, you know, the principles of the matter. You know, the fact there's you know, a new president trying to put Real Madrid in their place and show he's uh, a strong man or something like that. But to, to do anything to jeopardise the tournament at this stage seems um, uh, such a shame, especially as... Spain are clearly one of the favourites to win the whole thing. Yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna disagree a bit. I do kind of agree that you have to do like, a fair amount of aerial gymnastics to make this sound like it's a good thing. Uh, but I kind of get where the Spanish FA is coming from. Uh, it's not unheard of for managers to manage uh, countries at a tournament with the express intention of leaving at the end of it. Van Hall took Netherlands to semi-finals at the last World Cup doing that. Conte did it for Italy, I think, during the Euros. Uh, so it's not that big a surprise. But the fact that he went behind, signed a new contract, like you said, went behind the Federation's back, uh, shown that he was, uh, couldn't really be trusted and kind of slapped the Federation in the, the face by saying that the Spanish ma- national job uh, comes second to Real Madrid. I can kind of get a whole load of dodgy stuff is meant to have happened behind the scenes, like him telling all the players who played for Real Madrid that he was uh, going to become the new manager after the tournament and not telling the players he played for Barcelona. And then the players who played for Barcelona causing a massive stink when inevitably they found out off the Real Madrid players. Uh, so I don't think a great thing. Also, controversial opinion. I think at international tournaments, once you're there, management isn't necessarily that important. Don't think it's as important as it is at club level. Uh, I think a fiery big personality, someone like Ivan Hiero, who's come in to replace him, uh, could quite easily just uh, steady the ship through a big tournament. But do you agree, Jeff? I don't know. Well, I can see formally, yes, you can see what they've done and why they've done it and how they felt that the manager was untrustworthy 
um, because of what he'd done mm. and how he'd obviously signed a new in breach of his contract. Or you could see various uh, 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 reasons to get rid of him. Obviously, it's quite a drastic way of dealing with it. But it is the case, particularly in the Spanish squad, where, yeah. the, as you've indicated, there is, a, a, the, you know, allegedly on the, these things, but there are definitely splits between different players, between Real Madrid, uh, Barcelona and other places. There's a recipe for tensions developing if they don't nip it in the bud. So you can see why they've done that. I, don't, I would say that the management during the tournament is important, but I would also say potentially, if you get the right person in, this potentially could gal it's sort of thing that could galvanize a team. I remember back in the day, nineteen ninety two, when what was Serbia were thrown out before the tournament, Denmark came in and everybody said, God, what are they doing there? They've got no right to be there, or whatever. Well, I mean they had a right, but they hadn't qualified properly. Mm. And then they went on and won the tournament. And the, sometimes things happen which galvanize teams. So th- that's a possibility. But it's a, it's a, they're playing for high stakes there. Yeah, I mean, there's the good, good example of um, the West Germans in 1974 uh, going in, lo- lose a game to East Germany, complete shock. The manager goes into meltdown, and the um, but basically the team got galvanised by Beckenbauer, and so he basically sort of took over the the sort of leadership of the of the team, and they went on to win the tournament against. A brilliant Dutch team in the final, uh, yeah, and so yeah, there, there is there are examples of of, of teams uh, coping with adversity. Um, again, I mean, like two thousand six. I mean, Zidane dragged yeah. France to the the World Cup final. You know, even though they were a pretty poor outfit, really, um, j- just by you know force of leadership and play. So if this manages to bring the Spanish team together, um, then fair enough. I mean, it could it could work for them. Uh, yeah, I think as well, Spain's just an interesting squad when you look at it on paper. They've got a lot of, lot of midfielders, uh, not necessarily that many strikers. I think uh, Lopatelli uh, had like quite a set system in place. People knew how they were going to play. So interesting if Hierro goes that same way or goes a different way. Uh, but yeah, uh, we'll see, see how it goes. I, I saw... That's the point I was trying to make is that sort of force of personality and catching lightning in a bottle works over these international tournaments, where, whereas it might not work over club football. Uh, but I guess we'll see. Uh, Spain have quite an easy group as well outside of Portugal. Uh, so hope so. seems like there's a bit of a bigger period of grace rather than uh, some other teams. Uh, but yeah, moving on to that, one of the World Cup favourites... Uh, sort of kind of shocked by a massive scandal in the run-up before the tournament. Uh, who do you guys back as sort of the favourites going in? Who do you fancy? Um, for me, I mean, I mean, Spain, Spain are one of the favourites, obviously. Uh, you know, they've, they've got a great track record um, over previous tournaments, although they didn't do that well in uh, 2014. Uh, obviously, the Germans look... You know, are always very good in tournaments. Although they did just lose to Austria, which isn't uh, yeah, the the best uh, running uh, for them. And, <laughs> and uh, so, it's, but it's tournaments throw up all sorts of things. And uh, so, I think while it, while it will be the case, it's the usual suspects plus maybe Belgium, who really are should be delivering now. They've got uh, such a good. 
set of players. Certainly their first choice 11 or 12 is, is, is excellent. Uh, they should really be delivering. Uh, um, but apart from that, you'd expect it to be the usual suspects. And often the most interesting things are who makes the semis and so on. Are there, you know, for example, is there going to be an African nation in the, the semis for the first time? Things like that um, will be just as interesting as who actually goes on to win it. Belgium, they call this Belgium team the golden generation. Smells a lot like the England golden generation of the mid-noughties of lots of talent, uh, but no one uh, being able to particularly put it together. I'm not quite sure Martinez uh, is the guy to do that. Uh, Senegal look very strong on paper, Rob, to follow up your African team in the semis, uh, but so did Ivory Coast many a year ago, uh, and they never really materialised on the World Cup stage. Uh, but yeah, I think it's quite open. I think a lot of the groups look winnable and losable. Uh, I think there's a lot of, like you say, it's the usual suspects as the favourites, but I don't think anyone stands out particularly as being a Spain 2010 dead-on set favourite where you'd be surprised if they lost. Brazil look quite tasty. Argentina have Messi. France have probably the best squad on paper. Uh, and the Germans were always there or thereabouts, so I think anyone could win. Jeff, anyone you think flying under the radar? Anyone in particular you fancy? Well, over the radar, you know, World Cups in Europe are usually won by European teams and usually by experienced European teams, uh, with the exception of France in 1998, who were very good, which compensated for the fact they were fairly inexperienced. So that's the case. But you don't know the momentum, like we've discussed with Spain, how will that work? You know, France in 2002, after they'd won the previous World Cup, everybody thought that they would do well. And they basically, they went out in the group stages, just didn't perform. And you look at the Euro, recent Euros two years ago, where France lost unexpectedly in the final to Portugal. And you think, well, you know, maybe France are so motivated now that they're going to come through and make up for that uh, embarrassment uh, on home ground and so there are factors like that combined with the other things that you both mentioned so I think you have to wait for the tournament to get going and as Rob said there are a number of occasions where teams have lost the first match and then gone on to win the tournament or do very well in the tournament so let, let's see yeah so the opening game follows the opening ceremony uh, today I think the game starts at five uh Russia versus Saudi Arabia. Uh, I saw one Guardian columnist call this the ethical World Cup in terms of there's been so much drama beforehand, so many different ethical problems with Russia, everything from uh, hacking phones of England players to bears giving away the ball. Uh, there's some questions, I think it's calmed down a bit now, about whether Russia should actually be hosting the World Cup at all. Uh, any credence for this argument that we shouldn't be giving Russia stuff uh, to hold? No, I think I, I'm quite relaxed about Russia hosting the World Cup. Lots of, you know, Qatar's hosting the next one, which is uh, uh, slightly more unpredictable for a number of reasons. No, I th Russia's an established footballing nation. I think they've got every right uh, to host it. It should be, uh, to me, the sport, the celebration of the sport should be separate from the politics. And there are a lot of political problems in Russia and people need to deal with them in Russia and people outside will comment on them. But to me, that's separate from uh, dealing with the sport itself. The, thing, the two things I would say is for people who've watched 
uh, the Frankie Boyle series of going to Russia, you see him going and mixing with ordinary people in Russia. And football is a great force for uniting people around the world in terms of mixing and meeting and sh sharing, showing what people have got in common. And I would like to emphasize that rather than the, the, the kind of naysayers, and they're not, there are very many uh, in, in, in Britain who say, oh, it's really bad and you know, the English team should wear armbands and all this kind of stuff to protest. I just think we should get on and celebrate it. And as uh, we've noted in the news, there are people uh, in Africa, who, in Somalia, who are not even able to play football because there are Islamist groups banning football, threatening people, uh, because they say that sport is uh, 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 pro problematic. Whereas I think sport and the excellence of sport is something we should be celebrating in its own terms and separating from the politics. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, usually with these things before football tournaments, it's uh, people who are not football fans spouting off about politics. And that's not the point of a football tournament. It is about everybody being you know, literally on a level playing field. That you brings together people from 32 different countries together uh, and millions more watching around the world just for the pure joy of this sport. And once the football actually starts, I think the vast majority of people are not going to give a damn about Putin, about what's going on in Saudi Arabia and all of that sort of stuff. Football can't solve those problems. But what it can do is bring people together with a common interest all around the world. And I think that that's... It, that's why everybody's looking forward to the World Cup. It's it's the big one. It only happens every four years. A, a, anybody who's involved in it is honoured to be involved in it. It's just going to be great, and it's especially in the, the 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 sort of the qualifying rounds. Basically, you can just sit down in front of your telly, put your feet up, get a few cans out, and just watch football all day, and it's great. What we you know, what 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 better way to spend a few weeks in the summer? Yeah, uh, even though uh, I cannot, I can't say that it wasn't odd to see Putin uh, come out uh, during the vote for the where the next World Cup should be held, which, uh, if you don't know, was decided that it would go to uh, a mixture of across North America, Mexico, USA, and Canada. Canada never having been to a World Cup and having very little football heritage, and the USA and Mexico both hosting a number of times. So I actually kind of take more umbrage to that. I'd rather see it in new places rather than just going back to America and back to Mexico. Uh, but yeah, uh, so the big question, uh, how will England do? They open up on Monday against Tunisia in Volgograd. Uh, I would probably say that the expectations this year uh, have been slightly dampened. There doesn't seem to be the height or the level of media scrutiny that there has been in the past. And I'm quietly optimistic, I think. Not necessarily being an England fan myself, but I've been impressed with Southgate's hand. You're not an England media. fan? <laughs> Who do you support then, Adam? You heard this one before. I'm a proud Argentina fan. Uh, I'll fight anyone uh, over it. Uh, okay. No, but quietly impressed by England. Got quite an easy group. I think they'll get out of that uh, quite well. And in played quite well in the friendlies so we can debate how much that matters uh, guys what do you think you backing England this time do you think they're going to go away is it coming home uh, well I don't think it's likely to come home I think that it's a very solid decent squad of players 
uh, that you know a lot of other countries that have done well. I mean, Wales in the last Euros bail apart. They'd have taken the, the, the ten other English players. I mean, it's a it's a good squad of players, you know, but they're not. They don't look like world beaters. They don't look like they've got anybody with the creativity of a Messi or Ronaldo or uh, anybody like that. So you just wonder, you know, have they got the ability to, to go deep in the tournament? I can see them get to the quarterfinals. They've got a reasonably easy group, but there's always banana skins there. Last 16 looks, you know, winnable as well. But then they're going to come up against, I think, Germany or Brazil. Um, and that's where I just don't think they've quite got the quality to, to beat really experienced quality teams like that. I hope to be proven wrong. It's like quarterfinals enough. So the BBC did this really weird study which came out today where they analysed the media of uh, Germany, Spain, Argentina, and I think France, uh, and said that the British media was way more critical of the national team than any of those other countries, uh, excluding the fact that all those other countries have reached finals and semi-finals, etc., in the recent future, whereas England haven't. Uh, do you think quarterfinals is enough? Shouldn't England, the creators of football, where football is born, be expectant, aiming for more? Shouldn't they be aiming to win these tournaments? Well, I, I mean, I personally, I think they'll, possibly as Rob said, I think they'll do quite well to get to the quarterfinals. That what was frustrating in the past, for instance, a year like 2002 in the World Cup, um, is they get so far and you think, and, and then they lost a, a Brazil team, which was not great, who then went on and won the tournament. And you just think that was a big missed opportunity, as people said at the time, in relation to that. And there are times when they've had better teams than they've got now, and for various reasons, often to do with weak management or whatever, they haven't made the most of the players they've got. I think now they haven't got a stellar team. The thing that I like now compared to 2010 in South Africa, where they always look t- totally ill at ease with the kind of Sergeant Major Capello, uh, they now seem more relaxed, at ease with themselves, and they'll probably play to their potential. But whether that's good enough to get through the knockout stages, you don't know. But also, you don't know. Teams build through the tournament, so you can't be too harsh on them. And it's probably true that the British media is harsher on, on the England team than other countries are on uh, uh, other particular teams. We've, we've noted what was said about Raheem Sterling and it's kind of tr- something trivial like he has a tattoo and half the British press go into meltdown, which is which ridiculous. And, uh, you know, that was handled quite well by the England management and people like that. But things like that happen, which are just utterly ridiculous and don't do any good in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think there's, there's plenty of um, uh, history of... of not so great teams going all the way. I mean, look at Portugal in the Euros again. I mean, Ronaldo apart, not a very good t- team. Certainly not the golden generation that was expected to win in 20- 2004. Um, and they've, um, you know, and they won even without Ronaldo in the final, yeah. uh, going off injured. So poor teams can work their way through. It's a tournament and that's what the, what the great drama of it is, is that, you know, you can you can get there and go surprisingly far if you have a bit of luck. Um, and sometimes England haven't had a lot of luck in these tournaments. And you combine that with a few moments of of um of inspiration. 
that's what they're going to need. Um, the odds are against them going, I certainly, I think, beyond the quarterfinals. But good luck to them. It'd be brilliant if they do. Um, and But equally, they could get end up with a draw against Tunisia or something and go out and goal difference or uh, whatever. You know, you just don't know what's going to happen. So um, that's the beauty of sport. You don't know what's going to happen. It's uh, it's there, it's played live, it's not good to a script and we're, we'll get the, the joy and the drama of it all. Yeah, could have another famed goalkeeping howler from the inexperienced keepers. Uh, but no, no, get that. Uh, my team, Argentina, got to the last World Cup final, uh, scraped through a couple of group games, then sort of shut up shop for the knockouts and just about managed to win stuff, win the semi on penalties. Uh, so I do kind of echo that, uh, that you can kind of go far, but also I have great hopes for Argentina in this World Cup. Again, if you watch any of the games, you'll uh, you'll notice that the defence is pretty goddamn awful. Uh, so I, I at least think England can keep themselves in games and maybe have a shot, so I'd be more optimistic about that. Uh, okay, so leave it there, guys. Uh, so make sure that you uh, download this podcast uh, from academyofideas.org.uk as well as our archive of podcasts about more than just football. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes uh, where you can subscribe. Okay, and enjoy the tournament. Yeah, enjoy the World Cup, guys. Mm-hmm.